1: What? Today is May (laughs) 25th.
0: It is. It is Star Wars' birthday. Star Wars' birthday? Star Wars' birthday. That's, you know, words that end with S's confuse me because, like, you have to put the possessive, like, apostrophe at the end of the word and it looks like it's just hanging out by itself.
1: You could just say the birthday of Star Wars.
0: That would be a better way to put it. The day
1: of Star Wars' birth.
0: The day of the birth of the Star Wars. Well the
1: thing that's interesting about it being May twenty-fifth, which is some in some people's minds Star Wars Day. Is mm-hmm. the last time we recorded Star Wars Bookworms was on May the fourth.
0: Well, we are just so all just... about dates. And aren't neither we? day
1: was on purpose. It just kinda happened to be the day that we recorded. But we both Star Wars Days in May, we recorded an episode of Star Wars Bookworms. But we've been getting a lot of Star Wars news lately, and the big thing that's out there that has nothing to do with books is all of the images that just got released from Vanity Fair uh, for The Last Jedi. So I figured we could at least mention them. Did you get a chance to look at them?
0: I did. I saw them, I think it was through Fangirls Going Rogue's Instagram because... Sandra always seems to find everything first and so she started posting them and then I actually did read the entire article and I watched the sort of behind the scenes video so that was pretty cool but like the images are very interesting and in some in good ways and like some in bad ways and some in sort of like I don't really know what I'm looking at ways but we have the article up and we can kind of go through them so this first one I liked the color scheming and like seeing Ray and Luke together. But the thing that bugs me is that Ray's hair has like a loop on the top of her head. She looks like an ornament.
1: <laughs> They're in a very windy
0: place. I know, They're... but like you know, fix the loop <laughs> like, or like Photoshop it out or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's
1: just kinda yeah. Funny. I never would have thought about that. But yeah, now that you pointed out, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a bit distracting, but it's just a cool picture
0: but that's a cool picture but the better one is the one with Ray and the lightsaber and she's like moving and like concentrating you know and her outfit looks really good right there
1: I yeah like it's it. definitely a different look for her same color scheme but the a little bit a lighter weight clothes I guess so since she's doing the the training or maybe you know workout she's got like her workout
0: gear on Well, we know she's changed her outfit, you know, so she just, she has like a different shirt, same sort of design as her previous shirt and her arm wraps, but I think it's the dark pants and like, you know, the darker belts. She has some darker colors this time around.
1: Yeah, but she looks pretty cool. Everybody looks cool with a lightsaber, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: What other good pictures we got here? Chewbacca and Rey in the cockpit. That's pretty cool. Mhm. I like is that a is that her lightsaber in the holster or is that a gun? Uh,
0: I can't tell. I think it's a gun. And they're not called guns, they're called blasters. Blaster.
1: I like the idea that she has a blaster and still like I don't know if this is like before or after like Jedi. I'm assuming she's got like some Jedi training under her belt at this point, but I like the idea I've always liked the idea of a Jedi that has both a blaster and a lightsaber. You don't have have too many Jedi like that. You can. Yeah, I mean, Kanan does. Like, Ezra does. Like, I just think it's a cool look for a Jedi. The gun and the the blaster and the lightsaber as a combo.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. So the next picture is a really neat one. This has Carrie Fisher, BB-8, Poe, Finn, and Rose, all the characters. Poe and Finn look great together. They just, they look great. Although Finn's new clothes is very interesting to me. Um, It's different, but he still has the jacket. He Got to keep it. But Carrie Fisher's character looks so great.
1: It doesn't look like she should be in the same room as those other guys, though.
0: Yeah, I don't think they really were in the same room. I think it's, like, edited together.
1: Yeah, probably. She she looks like she's ready to go to, like, the opera house, and they're just kind of hanging out.
0: No, I think that's just how she dresses now. She's oh. like she's like Grandma Leia. <laughs> they dress like that.
1: Yeah, it's a very good look for her.
0: And then Rose is an interesting character. I'm not quite sure how I feel about her yet, but I like her look. I like the hair, I like the scarf. She looks very gin or so ish. Yeah, I can see that. And then we go down to sort of like this is the new city they told us about, Canto Bite. This is a brand new city, and it's like a casino-type place. And at first when I saw this picture, I thought it was like a drawing. I didn't think it was an actual photograph of people in costume. I had to read the article to realize, oh, no, this is for real. <laughs> These are like actual outfits, but it looks like an oil painting of some sort, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice mix of like human characters and aliens, but not any familiar aliens.
0: No, but then you've got the random guy with his little puppet down at the bottom wearing a hoodie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it looks like some of the images they kind of slipped in people on the crew.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Neil Scanlon. He's from the creature shop, so that's kind of cool. And then in the next one, you have Michael Kaplan. Sitting in the costume designer down at the bottom in the middle of all the characters. Yeah. yeah, but still not a lot of aliens we really recognize.
1: Yeah, there's some that look reminiscent of aliens that we've seen before, but not quite the same.
0: Now, there is a character like an Asian man in the on the right hand side in the back with the little black hat on. Do you see that? Yeah. He reminds me of the Emperor from Mulan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would pick that out.
0: Of course, of course. And then there's a really cool picture of the droids and with Anthony Daniels in an all gold suit. No red arm. And BB 8 and R2. And that's just like a really super cool picture. I like seeing stuff like that. Now, what do you think about this next one? Um, it's just the black
1: and white one with, mm-hmm. with, uh, Hamill standing up. Yep. Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. That's a, that's kind of a cool shot. I mean, it's always, it's, um, it's always a bit sad to see photographs of Carrie Fisher at this point. Um, just because it's, it's been so recent since her passing, but, um, I, I'm really excited about seeing her and I'm hoping we're going to get scenes with her and Hamill together. So we're seeing them together here in this image. Um, So hopefully that might mean that they have some scenes together.
0: Yeah. I also, I really like candid shots, you know, and things that aren't necessarily posed for a lot of the time. I really like those. And I know what you're saying about pictures with Carrie being sad, but like for me, they're not sad. They're almost celebratory at this point. I think I've gotten to that point of acceptance and like being able to just be happy to see what they were doing with her character. So like, cause then that sort of feeds into this next one, which was uh, a picture of Carrie Fisher and Billy Lord. So both of their characters together. And it's just a super sweet image of mother and daughter. And like that one doesn't make me sad, but it makes me have feels. Don't know what the feels are, but it's not sadness.
1: Yeah. I think for me, it's just the people seeing pictures of her with other people that you know that were so close to her and then just thinking of how much they probably miss her. Like, that's the part that makes me feel sad. I'm kind of like feeling sad for her friends and family. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm missing her, you know, because she, you know, she's just somebody that I watched on, in movies, but just the people that were close to her, you can see in these pictures how close they really were.
0: Yeah. And then there's a really good shot of Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, sort of similar to a picture that was taken of them like 40 years ago where they were in very similar positions. Only Mark was looking up in that one. I've seen it. It was right, It's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty cool comparison. Um, but they look great together.
1: Yeah, that's a great picture of them two together. I like how she's just looking right at the camera.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this next one I'm super excited for. This is Laura Dern's character, Vice Admiral Amelyn Haldo. And I love the color scheming. I love the hair. I love the drapery. I love the little halo she has in her hair. She almost reminds me a little bit of Effie Trinket from The Hunger Games, but like not quite that crazy. <laughs> but enough that I'm really interested in who she's going to be.
1: Yeah, interesting that she's a Vice Admiral in this picture, you would never assume that based on the the outfit that she's wearing. So it's kind of like, okay, this might be a look that she's going to have in the movie, but I'm assuming we're going to see her in some sort of uniform at some point.
0: I think everybody's just at a party.
1: Yeah, she probably is at a party. But I'm just saying this is one of her looks probably from the movie. But considering she's a vice admiral, I think we'll see her in uniform, which would look pretty cool too, especially with that purple hair.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a mauve. Yeah. It's like okay. a mob because it's not quite pink. It's not quite purple. Somewhere sort of in, in, the, in middle. the middle. And then the last one, well, I don't know if it's the last one, not quite the last one, but it's Benicio Del Toro's character who actually is unnamed. He actually doesn't have a name. They just call him DJ, but that's not he, his actual name. I read it when I read the article. Right. So he, you know... <laughs> I just have issues with Benicio del Toro. I think that's really? my problem. It's
1: mm-hmm. interesting. The only issue I have with this is he's so recognizable as like such a familiar actor that I have a hard time like transporting him into Star Wars without it seeming weird. I...
0: That's well, no, that's my issue. <laughs> and it's I kind the, of felt exactly the, s- the same thing.
1: Okay, yeah, I kind of felt the same way about Forrest Whitaker. You know, when he was in Star Wars. Because he was such a, and we're used to Star Wars being a lot of, you know, a lot of unknowns, and um, even in the prequels, they didn't bring in like huge, big name actors. Um, Maybe Liam Neeson being the the exception, but yeah. So just having somebody like this in the movie, I'm sure he'll be great. I think he's a good actor, but it's just it's a little weird. It's going to take some adjustment for me.
0: Yeah, I for me, it's he always plays some. Character very similar, you know. Of course, he was a little bit different in like Guardians of the Galaxy as the collector, but like in anything else I've seen him in, he's just this grungy sort of character. And I feel like he's playing the same kind of thing here. And he is very recognizable to me. Forrest Whitaker didn't, it wasn't the same for me, you know, he didn't transport me out, but like looking at this picture. It doesn't look Star Wars. Like, he doesn't look like a Star Wars character. He looks like he could have just, like, walked out of any of his other movies. You know? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know.
1: He's got a, he, he definitely has a good look here. I don't know. I'm trying to look at... Like, trying to figure out what about it doesn't look Star Wars. To me, it looks fine. I'm curious about the role he's going to play and how much he's going to be in the movie. You know, is he just some guy they meet and he's in, like, two scenes? Or is he, like, mm-hmm. Han Solo's replacement? You know, like... That I'm kind of curious to see how big of a role he plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then we get down to some of the dark side characters. So we get a really cool picture of Kylo Ren unmasked, and you can see the scar on his face. Uh, doesn't help Adam Driver's look to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. Like I was telling the girls the other day when we did and Girls Going Rogue, There. Well, at first I said there have been none, and then I had to backpedal to one. There are just no super overly attractive men to me in Star Wars. There just isn't. And then I backed up and I was like, you and McGregor. Let me just back it up to him, and he's like the only one.
1: Oh, you're saying in all of Star Wars
0: drives me nuts. Yeah, it drives me nuts in the movies that there's.
1: Is that like a huge important element to you?
0: Yes, because like everybody loves Harrison Ford Shall or they love Mark Hamill or they love, you know, the looks of some of these characters or they're super into Poe and, you know, or into Cassian. And it's like, I haven't been attracted to any of them. <laughs> and then they corrected me and said, uh, uh-uh, Darth Maul. And I'm like, I mean, like a face human character,
1: <laughs> like a real person. <laughs>
0: They're like, well, we know how you feel about Ray Park. That's not the point. It's not the actor underneath the latex, you know?
1: You want to have somebody in the Star Wars movie that you can look at as a character that you find
0: attractive.
1: Well, I mean, I guess I could say I have the same problem. I'm not really attracted (laughs) to any of the men in Star Wars either.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. Well, all that to say, there's a picture of our dark side trio of Kylo Ren, uh, General Hux. I was trying to remember his first name and I was losing it. And then Captain Phasma, only without her helmet on. And she looks B.A. without her helmet on. But here's my issue. I don't think I want to see her in the movie without her helmet on.
1: Hmm. So Hux looks a lot different more severe he's got his hair gelled down much tighter um
0: as if it could have been
1: (laughs) well no his hair is kind of like i did a side-by-side comparison because i was like what looks so different about him and i realized that it's the hair it's it's not even that he got a haircut it's just he's slicking it down more like it was kind of more poofy
0: More poofy. a little bit more i
1: don't know it just didn't have a very severe kind of cool look he's got much more of a sleek uh tougher look to him this movie
0: oh i just pulled it up you're right
1: Yeah. yeah And Kylo Ren, I, I was kind of hoping they'd, they'd change his look a little bit. He looks too similar. I was thinking with the scar that maybe they'd shorten his hair a little bit, give him a different yeah,
0: give look. give that man a haircut.
1: But um, he looks pretty Cut much it. the same other than the scar. <laughs> and then I think my favorite picture from all of these pictures is of um, Gwendolyn Christie as Phasma. I love the fact that her helmet's off. I think it's cool she's got this new weapon. Um I never liked the character of Phasma. I was excited about Phasma moving, coming or going into the Force Awakens, and then very disappointed by what we got. And I was, I was actually disappointed. Her helmet never came off. Um, so I hope this is an indication. I'm going to be on the opposite side as you on this one. I hope that she does have scenes um, with her helmet off.
0: But I think you're coming at it from a very, very different place than I am. So let me kind of explain why. Glendaleon Christie as Phasma. So the character of Phasma right now as it stands without having her helmet off. She's this amazing female stormtrooper. And anyone can be her, no matter what you look like, no matter what skin color you have, no matter what your hair type is. So anybody can cosplay as her or dress up as her or relate to her because she has a helmet on. And the second you take that helmet off, then it becomes this whole different thing of, oh, well, I can't dress up as Phasma because she's blonde and stuff. And that's where my head goes. And I love the idea of a female villain that every girl can be if they want to be her, you know, without having to put a wig on or something like that, you know, like I love that about her. that's And so that's kind of why I don't want her helmet to come off because I think that she resonates with a lot of, girls or could possibly and having the helmet on allows for some of that
1: i guess i can see your point but i guess um, i'm just thinking of the actress and i think the actress has a really good look i think she's a really good actress it's kind of hard to act behind a helmet um i think this this will give the actress just an opportunity to be more visible and to give her a chance to maybe um i don't make a bigger impact as a character it's hard to Kind of relate with a character that's behind a mask. Um, I know you're you're saying it's hard to relate with a character that doesn't have the mask on. So I guess we're kind of once again on opposite sides of this thing. But I I don't know. I just I really like her as an actress, and so I, I kind of hope this um, will give her a moment to shine.
0: I think we're not necessarily on different sides of this issue. I think we're coming at it from two different places. You're talking about like character development in the story. You know, and like all of the things that Gwendolyn Christie as an amazing actress can do and everything in the actual movies. And I'm looking at it from a fan perspective of interpreting the character later, I think. So in news of Star Wars' is birthday, there we go again, the birthday of Star Wars, the cast of Hamilton actually was at Lucasfilm and they sung a song of Sort of like a Star Wars song and then went into Happy Birthday. And I just thought it was really cool. And did you get a chance to watch it?
1: I did watch it. I don't know much about Hamilton. I've never I've never listened to the soundtrack. I'm aware of its impact on pop culture, but I haven't really gotten a chance to see it or listen to the music. So I feel like I need to
0: catch up. <laughs> I just thought it was really cool. It was very unexpected for me. To see that when I watched the Star Wars show this week, I was like, hey, how awesome. But I'm a massive Lin-Manuel Miranda fan now, so it's it's kind of like, I just like seeing anything that he's done. Yeah. Alrighty, well, let's jump into some news, because we did have some book and comic news. mostly Mostly comic news. We had two new comics announced. The first one is... Your favorite.
1: <laughs> favorite. Favorite's a strong word. I do like this Favorite's character,
0: Favorite's a strong word. Um It's the new Mace Windu miniseries. It's going to be a five-issue miniseries, I believe. And, you know, all about our favorite purple lightsaber-wielding Mace Windu. And so if they're going to do a Mace Windu comic, then they best be doing an Ahsoka comic. Because... <laughs>
1: What? How does that relate?
0: <laughs> because he's the one that basically just like shoved her in a corner.
1: Oh, every every Jedi that was on that council, including Yoda, is to blame for what happened to Ahsoka. No, nobody turned on Yoda. Everybody turned on Mace. I don't know why.
0: Because he's the one that spoke up, and he's <laughs> the one that said stuff, and I have not forgiven him yet. So
1: I like Mace Windu because I I've followed the character. Uh, throughout the Dark Horse comics run, and they did all these comics that were based in the Clone Wars era, and then they had a novel for him in Shatterpoint. So before they made him a bad guy in the Clone Wars, I was a huge fan of the character, so I still am a big fan of the character of Mace Windu. So I'm excited about this series. Um, I like that they're going back into the Clone Wars era, mm-hmm. because that's just yeah, one I of my favorite like eras. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And based on... they, They're kind of being... Uh, a little vague about what the story is going to be about, but they did give a little bit of a blurb here that I'll read um, that gives it a little insight. So it says for over a thousand generations, the Jedi have been the peacekeepers of the galaxy, but now at the dawn of the clone wars, they find themselves in a new role generals in the army of the Republic as Mace Windu, one of the Jedi's greatest warriors leads a small unit of Jedi into battle shortly after the war begins. The Jedi must make peace with their new role or be lost to the violence around them. So, it sounds like it's right at the beginning of the Clone Wars, and it's not going to only have Mace Windu, but also a, a small unit of Jedi that are going to be with him. So,
0: I'm actually excited for this one, as opposed to other ones. I would prefer this over, like, another Vader comic or something like that. So, I am excited for it. I just, you know here's the thing. I loved Mace Windu. I loved him so much. And then when that happened in the Clone Wars, it just completely shattered everything for me. <laughs> he had, See, I look so at it as bad. he had a role to
1: play. They needed somebody to play that role and he played the role, but don't let it ruin the character for you. I mean, he did so many other cool things.
0: But it's ultimately who he was. Ugh. Anyway, uh, he was moving just,
1: on. Okay. Yeah. It's a moving. Bigger, It's a bigger conversation. we'll, we'll do yeah. a, uh, May someone do focus episode. (laughs) Great.
0: (laughs) And then the next one that was announced is a one-shot of Cassian meeting K2SO in a Rogue One prequel comic. So this is pretty neat. It's going to be just a one-issue thing, which I hope it's, like, not as short as normal single issues. I hope it's, like, a little longer.
1: It says 40 pages. Okay,
0: well I don't know how long a regular comic is Because I do them all digitally
1: I think they're like usually in the 25 page range So this is definitely bigger than a normal comic Yeah But not like the size of two comics So it's it's still pretty short
0: Yeah, and this is going to reveal how Cassian and K2SO actually met And I'm really excited for this one But I will say that Diego Luna on the cover of this Does not look like Diego Luna
1: Yeah, I was going to say, actually, uh, I'll I'll agree with you on that. He doesn't look quite right, and just the cover in general, it doesn't, I'm not a fan of the cover, Mm -mm. and it doesn't, sometimes the cover alone can get me really excited for a comic, and this one actually has me like, eh.
0: Yeah, but you know, we've talked about it before, sometimes, because the cover art and the inside art don't actually match each other, Right. so I'm actually hoping, like, oh, it's a crummy cover, but that means the inside's going to be great.
1: (laughs) You can't judge a comic by its cover. Is no, that what you're can't. saying? Yeah, I do like K2SO and Cassian both uh, from that movie. They may be my favorite two characters from that movie. So to have them both together in a comic, um, I think it'll be a fun story. Hopefully, K2SO's humor translates well to the page.
0: Yeah, um, I'm concerned about that, but that's yeah, about it. Because
1: a lot of his humor is very much about the timing and the tone, and so it might be hard to translate over into a comic form but this is interesting it's an interesting story and it's, it's cool to get uh, some characters from Rogue One in their own comic
0: mm-hmm. and then the last piece of news we have is sort of comic related because it actually involves a character we're going to be talking about today Dr. Afra Af- actually won the Hasbro Star Wars fan figure vote. So fans got to vote for a three and three quarter inch figure to be put into the vintage collection. And Dr. Aphra won the vote. And so I think it's really cool that a female character won. I think it's really cool that it's a character that's coming out of the comics that's not even in any of the films. We're going to get into it. But I'm not a huge fan of Afra, but I love the fact that she's going to be a figure, and if I see her, I'm gonna buy her.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not a huge fan of the character either, or at least not yet. I mean, she's obviously ongoing. You know, she's gonna to continue to, to develop as a character, so maybe eventually I will get on board. But as of now, I'm just like, okay, she's fine, but you know, I'm not rah rah. You know, go Afra like you like a lot of people are. Um, <laughs> But when i saw her name on this list i actually got excited because i do like to see um characters cross over from the extended material like this you know the the canon books and comics to actually get toys made out of them either be lego or or um, hasbro or whatever i like to see some of these characters cross over so i voted for um even though there were some other characters on the list that i like probably better as characters I just voted for her because I wanted a new figure that I didn't already, that isn't already available, and that represents the books and comics.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I see her, I'm gonna buy her purely to show that female characters sell. That's the main reason I'm gonna buy her. I don't really buy action figures three and qu- three quarter inch that much anymore, but yeah, I I'll don't buy either. her for I'll buy her for that one reason only, just to spend the money to say, hey, make more of these.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big, uh, I don't buy a lot of the Hasbro characters either. So now if they made her as a Lego minifig, I'd buy it. Of course you would. So, but yeah, so we actually are going to review a comic. So this is like an all comics episode other than all that regular stuff that we talked about at the beginning. Uh, We are going to review Vader Down, which is the next uh, trade in the series for both Vader and the Star Wars series. So it's a mashup comic um so we're going to be reviewing that one today um it's from marvel comics writers jason aaron and kieran gillen and artists mike deodato and salvador laroca (laughs) laroca release date april 19th 2016 over a year ago so we're definitely going to be talking about spoilers because plenty of time has passed and we don't really have a synopsis but we do have the intro to the first comic do you want to read through that
0: uh sure yeah so the intro for the first comic is it is a period of unrest in the galaxy the sith lord darth vader enforcer of the galactic empire has learned that it was luke skywalker who was the rebel pilot responsible for blowing up the death star vader is now more determined than ever to track down his son and turn him into the dark side turn him into the dark side (laughs) (laughs) you will become the dark side Uh, (laughs) turn him to the dark side Luke, unaware that Vader is his father, fights against the Empire with the Rebel Alliance. New to the ways of the Force, Luke has discovered the Journal of Ben Kenobi and has begun investigating any information he can on the Force using Jedi Knights and their ways. Through the underworld sources of his secret ally, Dr. Aphra, Vader has received word of Luke's location the former Jedi Temple on the planet Rogus Vos. Right. Vrogus. that's like it's one of those words you read but don't say out loud
1: <laughs> Vrogas. so yeah this is a like I was saying it's a continuation of the storylines from both Vader and um, this ongoing Star Wars series and I I'm actually a fan of the ongoing Star Wars series but not as much Vader so I was kind of curious to see how this mashup was gonna go for me Um to blend them two together. And plus with Dr. Afra being a a major part of it um, and not being a huge fan of that character either. I was very curious to see what this was going to turn out to be.
0: So for me, I really don't have an attachment to the star Wars series or the Darth Vader series. And like I said before, I don't really have an attachment to Dr. Afra either. So this was just sort of a sit back and like, let it come to me read and see if it did anything for me uh i'll just say up front it really didn't do a whole lot for me some of the art was really really cool and there were some kind of funny bits between some of the droids and stuff but other than that it was kind of uh you know who who was probably the standout for me was Leia's character in this one. She was very, kind of kick butt Leia, and I like that.
1: Yeah, I liked Leia a lot in this one. In fact, the strong point for me was the was Leia, Han, and Luke those three characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've done a really good job, better than any previous series because a lot of comic series has have covered this era and those characters, but they've been doing a really good job with the Marvel version of the song of the star Wars ongoing series where they're actually capturing these characters the way that I remember them in the movies, mm-hmm. not only in the art, they look, you know, straight out of the movies, but just the way they talk and some of the lines they say, I'm like, yeah, I could totally hear Han saying that. Or I could totally hear Leia saying that. So I actually, they were the strong point for me in this comic, um,
0: across the board. I agree with you. There were a lot of those lines that I could hear their voices saying those lines. It was almost just like perfect.
1: And it was funny because because of the mashup and you have Afro and you have BT and Triple um, Zero. You have these other characters that don't feel as much like Star Wars to me. Kind of melding with these very Star Wars feeling characters that I was almost like, get out of here. You know, like get off this <laughs> get off this page. This is Luke's page. You know, like <laughs> So there were some moments in the comic that I was actually really happy to see our, you know, our heroes get the best of some of these outsiders.
0: Yeah. And I would agree with you. And also, it's confusing when you have two protocol droid type characters. Especially when you're reading it like kind of how I was in the digital format and it was a little bit hard to tell sometimes what color they were, you know, who it was that was talking or whatever. And there was at one point where I thought it was 3PO but then it wasn't and I was like what?
1: Well that was intentional.
0: (laughs) No, I know. No, 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 no. You're not
1: talking about that part.
0: I'm not talking about that scene. Not at all. There was another scene that That was very obvious that that was intentional. I'm talking about something else.
1: Okay. (laughs) I don't (laughs) remember exactly where it was. I didn't necessarily have that issue uh, with, you know, kind of telling the difference between the the two protocol droids. But I'm just going to admit, and I may have said it when we've reviewed some of their stuff before, I just don't like those two characters. I don't like uh, BT and Triple Zero. I don't like them at all. I don't find them Neither funny. I. I think they're kind of annoying. I think some of the humor is forced. And the whole idea of the murder droid, like these droids that just want to kill things, like I feel like it's just been done enough now, like between having Mr. Bones, it's kind of like that, and then we've had we had some characters in Old Legends that were a lot like that. It's just it's been done enough that I just don't find it very original and I don't find them very funny.
0: No, I don't either. I don't it's not entertaining for me at all. And I just kind of wanted them to go away.
1: Yeah, and, um, and that's kind of what I was saying where there were moments where, you know, like Luke kicks BT off the, off the cliff. And I'm like, yes, you know, kick that guy off of there. You know, I get off the page. Um, there was another scene where Chewbacca rips Triple uh, Zero's arm off. And there was mm-hmm. another scene where Luke, you know, you know shoves his lightsaber through triple zero so those that was what i enjoyed to see them get beaten beat but (laughs) yeah chewbacca was literally beating up triple zero with his own arm which i thought was very funny Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and i know there's a lot
1: of people out there that like those characters there's a lot of people out there that really like afra like and i completely respect those people's opinion and i'm sure they find things they like about those characters but for me as a reader they just it's not resonating for me
0: yeah, and, but, you know, that's kind of the idea, though. I mean, if, if every character resonated with everybody, then it wouldn't be any fun. It'd be boring, yeah. Yeah, completely boring. So let's talk about wasp worms for a minute and how gross that is.
1: <laughs> I don't like... It was like... just
0: disgusting. Bah, yeah,
1: disgusting. that was kind of a funny scene uh, to see them both kind of... have both make the same mistake, you know? They both camped under a nest of wasp worms, and then you know because of that they both ended up you know getting them all over themselves and running into each other and knocking each other out i actually did think that was kind of funny because uh, i could totally see han doing something like that yeah you know but the idea of a wasp worm that's such a gross sounding thing and i don't like wasps like you know, are earthbound wasps, but <laughs> so the. Idea, but then I was kind of thinking, well, what makes them like wasp-like? Are they stinging you as they fall on you? Because they didn't seem to really hurt them. It was more just gross.
0: Yeah, it was like slimy and gross yeah, and they nasty. Were,
1: maybe they were still in like their larva form, so they weren't able to sting yet. Ew! I disgusting. Don't was, I don't know what was wasp about them. They were very is, much worm-like.
0: Why would you even say that? Gross. What larva? Yeah, larva. <laughs> Disgusting.
1: Well, kind of rewinding back to the front of the comic, cause we were, we're, we jump we're jumping all around here, but I really did like the beginning of the comic where Vader has found the planet with the help of Afra. Um, and, but then he runs into a squadron of X-Wings and the X-Wing, the guys flying the X-Wings like typical pilots, pilots are overconfident and they're like, Oh, we're just going to take out this TIE fighter. And then he just wipes them all out cause they don't know that what they're up against. Um, and there were some scenes, there was one specific panel in the comic that I thought looked really cool where you see, you know, Vader's TIE fighter sitting there and then you just see this fleet of X-Wings like kind of flying up toward him. Mm-hmm. It was just a really, really cool image. But I like that whole space battle at the beginning. And then to see Luke, you know, kind of decide that his way of taking out Vader is he's just going to like fly his X-Wing right into Vader's TIE fighter. Um, oh,
0: I know. What is with... Star Wars and just crashing ships into each other these days.
1: Right, that is... A, that it's happening
0: been... in everything. Didn't it happen in the Freemaker Adventures too? Yeah. It's happening everywhere.
1: <laughs> and it happened in Rogue One, you know. They...
0: Yeah, jeez.
1: But, yeah, so I, that was kind of a cool opening scene. and In fact, like I was saying, going into this comic, I was kind of iffy on if I was going to like it. That scene and just that, kind of that opening battle really got me kind of like okay this is going to be this could be a really cool story and the fact that Luke crashes into him and they both crash down onto the planet and then you just get to see Vader be Vader and just take everybody out um was actually pretty cool
0: it's cool but I'm kind of over the whole like Vader's just super invincible um he can just take on anything and nothing ever hurts him and he can just walk through it you know
1: yeah, I'm I'm actually the same way. I like how how Rebels used Vader. Mhm. Um they used him very sparingly and when they did use him, they did show that he was vulnerable and he never you never really saw Vader just kind of rampaging through people. Uh, it was all very slow and deliberate and he was just like this mass of power that he had that he didn't have to kind of show off. Um I do agree that in this comic it was a little over the top. Um You know, he took out, like, thousands of soldiers at one point. And I'm just like, okay. Maybe if that was, like, a squad of 20 and he just took them out, it would have been like, okay, that's kind of cool. But the fact that they literally sent, like, a thousand soldiers after him and he still wiped them all out was like, okay. It's a little – it was a bit over the top. I agree with you there.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, it's just – just because he's Vader doesn't mean that he can't be harmed by the Rebellion. Like, that bothers me, that whole – Idea of that
1: yeah I do I I agree and I think that's something that the legend stuff was really guilty of with making Vader kind of that invincible character that you know just took everybody out I was kind of hoping with the new canon that they would tone that down a little bit but at least in the comics they're not
0: so let's see also there was the Wookiee that came from nowhere whose name is like something ridiculous
1: Kursatan or something like that. Black Kursatan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of a cool-looking Wookiee. I actually really liked his look, so that was kind of neat.
1: Yeah, he's actually shown up in the the Star Wars series and the Vader series, so it kind of made sense for him to show up in this one as well. And he's been working off and on with Aphra. Um, but he is one of the more interesting characters they've introduced into the comics. I like the idea of kind of this, like, anti-Chewbacca, this bad Wookiee um, that they're kind of fighting against. And the fact that him and Chewbacca ended up having to actually fight each other was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. And they they, to, they actually, you know, uh, Chewbacca ended up getting drugged. So he ended up kind of being at a disadvantage when he came up against this guy and, and got beat up pretty bad. Um, but... It was an interesting way to do that fight to not have both of them at full power when they decided to to have them face off.
0: Yeah, I actually really liked that. You know, yeah. because once once these guys are at full power, it's like crazy. You know. And then like R2 takes forever to give Chewbacca the antidote. He's just <laughs> like watching it, like, this is fun. No, idiot. <laughs> Go, R2, go, go now. See, and I feel like Chopper would have just already done it. He would have been like, screw this business. <laughs>
1: or he would have just been somewhere far away saving him his own skin.
0: He, no, no, that's <laughs> not true. Just because Chopper's grumpy, Chopper has a lot of love for the like his crew, and he always does the right thing. You know, or he does it before anybody asks them to, or he blows stuff up by being a gunner on the ship. You know? Yeah,
1: I think as the, as Rebels has gone on, he's, he has become more like that. But I feel like there were moments in like season one and season two where he was just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He
0: wanted to be out of there, but he was held by his loyalty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, R2 he did end up giving Chewbacca the antidote right at the right moment as Chewbacca's about to be crushed by this giant rock that the other Wookiee was about to drop on him. Um, he gets the antidote and actually it instantaneously cures him apparently and then he punches through the rock which was which was like kinda like, okay, I don't know how that works. Is Chewbacca really that strong? But it still was made for a really cool scene yep yep
0: (laughs) now explain to me one of the things i didn't understand was carbon and like where carbon came from and that was really confusing for me and by the way general grievous anyone
1: right this is this is another character i don't like at all this was an element of the the star wars comics um i'm trying to remember if they introduced these characters in the vader comics or the star i think they introduced them in the vader comics um and I think it's been a while since you've read them, so you probably forget. But they they actually introduced this idea that the Emperor had these other people that he was training up to almost be equals to Vader in a way to challenge Vader. But they weren't necessarily Force-sensitives. So this guy, this uh, you know, uh, Cal- Calamari character, who is a cyborg, kind of like General Grievous Uh, who uses lightsabers, but he doesn't have the Force, um, was one of those characters that, you know, the Emperor is kind of pitting against Vader, I think, to test Vader. Mm -hmm. So that's where this carbon guy came from. But he was actually tasked with finding Luke. And so Luke, or he's been hunting down Luke, but so has Vader, even though Vader was told not to. And so that's why this carbon guy shows up. And he hates Vader, so as we saw in the comic, he... Uh, Showed up not only to try to capture Luke, but also to kill Vader. So we got to see that battle between them. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't, I think the character just looks ridiculous. The idea, I mean, if you're going to do a cyborg, maybe do something that's not so reminiscent of Grievous and maybe pick a species that doesn't look ridiculous as a cyborg.
0: Yeah. Something that would look a
1: little cooler. Um, So I don't know. I just, this character has always been a bit laughable for me so to see him face off against vader wasn't necessarily a moment i was waiting for and i was happy to see vader you know pretty much beat him down
0: yeah no i was too and i as soon as he they showed like multiple arms i was like oh come on (laughs) with all the lightsabers, i was like for real right now no
1: take it back and i don't know back and redo it i guess now he's dead so that's good So we we won't have to see him again and it was kind of a cool scene you have vader uh you know talks to afra and afra comes in with the ship and just basically runs right into the guy and then vader finishes him off the lightsaber so i was happy to see him die at least yeah i was hoping for the same fate for a couple other characters too but it didn't happen for who the the droids i i I don't have it out for afra i actually like afra enough that i want to see her continue on and you know, develop as a character, but those droids, I don't like them at all I yeah be...
0: no i'll I'll agree with you I'll agree with you on that for sure definitely. I wish the droids had gone away mm
1: hmm yeah and we had talked at the, we had talked earlier about how Luke did this kind of suicide thing where he flies into Vader and is basically willing to give up his own life to take out Vader and then Leia does the same thing in the comic where she puts herself in a position to have the Y wings come in and bomb her position, hoping that Vader would be there to take him out too. So, so Luke and Leia both, you know, I guess being twins kind of had a bit of the same idea to try to give their own lives to take him out.
0: Well, that's what they do. They're very giving of themselves. Han
1: Han gets very frustrated about it. Han's like, yes, he does. He's like, I thought he was the crazy one. You know, he's not, he's not liking the fact that these, these two keep trying to kill themselves.
0: Right now, what's the time frame on this? As far as when this takes place,
1: uh, it's it's post A New Hope, you know, before Empire, obviously. So I don't, I think it's closer to A New Hope than it is to Empire. We're still, you know, pretty close to the events of A New Hope. Um, so somewhere in that range, I don't think we have like a specific year or month uh, to go by.
0: Okay. Well, I wasn't. I just wanted to know general general timeline because I was trying to remember, um, which one where it was at. But I, I kind of figured it was close to New Hope because of the way Leia was dressed um, towards the beginning.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's still kind of like at that point where Han and Leia, you know, they're just kind of at each other's throats, but they're you're not seeing kind of the, the beginnings of the relationship yet.
0: Right, Um,
1: yeah. So you kind of see them get really frustrated with each other in this comic, which is part of what I was saying, how they really reflect the movies very well, because the way these characters interact with each other is very much like A New Hope.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree.
1: We did get to see a Jedi temple, and we actually got to see Luke um, kind of face off, not face off, but be able to talk to Ben through Mm -hmm. the force. Um, and then Vader kind of I wasn't, fl- comes into that too.
0: I wasn't sure if that was him or not. I, I thought it was, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have no reason to think it's not him, but I guess it, you know, we don't have any confirmation that it's definitely him. Maybe it's some other spirit or something there that's trying to trick Luke. But it was interesting to hear, um, Ben basically tell Luke, like, you shouldn't be here. You're not ready. And like, what is he referring to about that? Or he's not, maybe he's not ready to find out the secrets of the Jedi. And so he shouldn't be searching these temples. Uh, So I I don't know what Ben, it was almost like Ben was just telling him to get out of there. So, and he Mm -hmm. didn't really get to do much at the temple. You know, he just, he kind of, he got to visit it for a second. And then all the action in the comic kind of distracted him from being able to really find anything out.
0: Yeah, you know, there kind of was, now that I think about it, like, as we're kind of talking through this, there was a lot of stuff going on. You know, there was, like, Luke and trying to figure out his Force stuff and, like, that stuff with Ben and then the conflict with Vader, but he doesn't really know his connection to Vader. And then we have, like, the Rebel Alliance trying to do, like, their thing and then this droid fight and this thing with the Wookiees. Like, there was a bunch of stuff happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot happened, but it didn't seem forced. You know, I wasn't reading it thinking like, "Oh my goodness, they're just—it's just like one thing after another." It, it it flowed pretty well as a story. I didn't love every element of the story, but I found myself entertained.
0: I would, I, I agree. I was mildly entertained.
1: Well, was there anything else in this comic that um we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, kind of looking at the at the notes here. Well, let's talk about the art. Did you enjoy the art? Because if anything, I did in this one. I did really enjoy the art. I enjoyed how everybody looked. I thought Leia, Han, and Luke all looked really, really good. Chewie looked great, too. And even Vader, for me. Like, he actually looked really nice. And that's one of the things I have liked about the about the Vader comics is the way that they are making Vader look. You know, because then some of the Dark Horse comics, he looked kind of funny sometimes.
1: Yeah, almost like they stylize them up or something. Um, no, I th- I really like the art. I guess it, they combined uh, writers and artists for this one from the two series. So three mm-hmm. of the three of the issues was the one team, and three of the issues with the other. But I thought it actually worked pretty seamlessly, where I wasn't really noticing a drastic change. Um, and I, yeah, both artists, I I thought did a really good job. So, yeah, I like the art. There were a couple scenes specifically that were some some of my favorite uh, panels that I've seen in Star Wars comics uh, with the Marvel run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There was, there was one specific panel, but I don't remember what issue it was in. But it was a panel with Leia, and I just remember being like, wow, that's really, really good.
1: Yeah, they – they really capture the characters um, and how they look, and some of their some of their reactions or facial expressions. It just looks so much like those people, those characters. Um, they did such a good job.
0: All righty. Well, is that it?
1: Yeah, I think we covered it all. I mean, the only thing um, you know, Leia actually faces off with Vader, whereas she's like standing right next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're getting to we're seeing that Vader actually confronts these characters more than we ever realized. Um the comics have brought Luke face to face with Vader, now it's brought Leia face to face with Vader, so um I don't know how I feel about that. I guess it's kind of cool to see these characters next to each other, but at the same time, um ha- you, you know, you don't want them to kind of meet up with him too often because then it kind of cheapens it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree, and it kind of takes away from sort of their interactions in the film. Right. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that was the only other thing um, I thought was maybe worth mentioning before we wrap up. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then Leia punches out Afra.
0: Oh well, of course, we... yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I did enjoy that. That was that was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, that was a cool moment because Afra. It seems like she's kind of got the best of them at the end and sets a trap. And then Leia just punches her out, you know, which Leia does. You know, she's done that a few times now, I think, in the Marvel comics. But um, I think it fits pretty well with her character that she would do Mm -hmm. something like that. And as much as I like, you know, whatever, Aphra and everybody's a big fan of her, I'm happy to see that Leia gets the best of her.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Team Leia. Team Leia. All right, well, coming up next, we have in the show notes that Thrawn may be up next for a review, probably. Uh, we do really, really, really need to review Rebel Rising and Guardian of the Wills.
1: Uh, okay, yeah.
0: So we'll kind of see just sort of where we're at. I know I've finished Rebel Rising, and I'm a good chunk of the way through Thrawn. I don't know exactly how far. But we're both making some progress, I think. What about you? Where are you at?
1: For Thrawn, I am mm-hmm. making progress. I feel bad to say that I haven't finished it yet because it's kind of, you know, I should have finished it by now. I've had it in my hands long enough, but I've um, been distracted by other things and haven't had a chance to finish it. But, um, yeah, I think we'll we'll probably review either Thrawn or Rebel Rising in the next episode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: depending on, you know, whichever whichever one we both finish and both want to do so yeah we'll see
0: yeah we'll see we'll see all well let's see i know we've had some people that have left some reviews for us so that's really awesome and we should be sending out buttons to you soon for those of you that emailed about that do we still have plenty of buttons to send out if other people want
1: to Yep.
0: Leave a review and send emails.
1: We definitely saved a handful of buttons for anyone uh, that wants to do that. So, yes, we have if, – if anyone has is still thinking about doing it and thinks we might be out of buttons, we still have some. So go ahead and uh, shoot us a review.
0: Yeah, remember you need to leave a review on iTunes. And once it gets posted, take a screenshot of it for us and email us, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com with the review. And then we will – oh, and also your address so that we can send you – buttons but real quick i wanted to mention a few people who've done it jeffrey myers and just some little quick notes he's been listening to the podcast for just over a year and he's been a fan of star wars literature since the 70s and he read the original marvel comics as a child and this expanded to a handful of novels that existed at the time he said that our celebration orlando podcast inspired him to reach out and tell us how much He likes the show. So thank you, Jeffrey Myers. And let's see, um, Michael Shanks. He also sent an email and left us a review. And he was really excited to hear us talk about Thrawn. So there's a lot of people that I think are really wanting to hear us talk about Thrawn. Probably because I've never read a Thrawn book before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see who else. We have Mark... Dector, he emailed us as well and he said he loves the podcast just finished listening to the Celebration 2017 recap episode and really enjoyed all the interviews and hearing about the many books we have to look forward to. Keep up the great work guys. Um, And he's currently reading Rebel Rising so that's awesome and he did say he was in the audience for the Fangirls Going Rogue podcast at Celebration so thank you Mark so much. Let's see who else do we have here? Uh Jonathan Heil, he apparently was at Celebration but didn't get to meet up with us, and he listens to each episode of the podcast, and he also left us a review. And Brandon Lewis did the same thing. He left us a review and he said, Hey guys, love the podcast. Longtime listener here. Do you have any more of the sweet pens left? Why, yes we do. He heard the Celebration podcast on his way into work And he was worried that he may have missed the opportunity, but Brandon, you didn't, you will be getting some buttons. So that's really, really cool. And then one more Scott Henricks. He actually emailed us a pretty good long lengthy email and it didn't even really have anything to do with buttons. But he did say something that I really liked. He said he recently discovered a jackpot of Star Wars books, 45 of them, at a nearby Goodwill. And he made the decision to buy each and every one of them. So his current bookshelf of stuff to read is filled with Star Wars treasures from many of the different eras along the timeline. And he was like me. He wants to read chronologically. And good luck with that. That's a—that's <laughs> an undertaking. Been yeah. there. <laughs> I've been there. He said he's also a big podcast listener, so he started searching for podcasts that would help him on his journey, and he's so thankful to have found Star Wars Bookworms. He says, you both are fantastic to listen to and are filled with information about the books, comics, and the world of Star Wars in general. And so he had to write us and let us know how much he's been enjoying the show, and you know we're super glad that you guys are sending us emails. So send us emails just to say hi, and we'll read them on the show, kind of like I just sort of flew through a bunch of them but send us some emails and then also leave a review on itunes screenshot that guy sent to us and you can get some of the buttons that we have left over
1: yeah that's awesome i did not i was not aware of that we had gotten so many so Mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that yeah um yeah so as usual you guys can find us on twitter at star wars bookworms at sw bookworms actually um, you can email us, like we were just saying, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. Facebook, we have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash starwarsbookworms. We also have our Facebook group that we have a lot of people now have jumped in. I think we've almost doubled the amount of people since the last time we recorded. And um, we're getting some really cool conversations over there. People are posting pictures of their collections is kind of a thing that's going on right now, the, uh, their book collections. Um And, you know, all kinds of fun discussion going on over there. So if you guys haven't found our Facebook group yet, uh, definitely join up and, um, you know, request to be added and we will add you. Um, yeah,
0: we we do have about 133 members, but something I do want to tell everybody, if you request to be added to the group, you're going to be given, I think it's two or three questions that you have to answer before we allow you into the group. So don't just add without answering those questions. They're pretty simple. Just kind of wondering if you listen to the podcast also, what your favorite Star Wars book is. And I think there might be one more, but please make sure you answer those questions. And like you were saying stuff going on in the group uh just recently about three hours ago jason hunt he went to phoenix comic-con and he got his thron book signed by timothy zahn so that's how he was celebrating star wars day uh today or star wars birthday so there's a lot of really cool stuff in there and i love seeing everybody's bookshelves like it's crazy people's bookshelves are nuts i love it <laughs>
1: Um, and then you can always uh, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on iTunes, um, and leave us a review if you're listening to our show and you're enjoying it. You can find Teresa on Twitter and Instagram at Ice Cold Penguin. You can find me at AV Goins. And until next time,
0: keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.